And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 138, a.k.a. season two, episode six, coming at you podcast only this week. Uh, As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with uh, nobody, nobody, because MC's not back yet and M had something else to do. So uh, flying solo once again, hopefully for the last time for for the time being, as we expect MC to return uh, to the show next week. but for now, he's not. So I'm doing this alone, and you know what that means. Uh, another edition of uh, Richie Rich Reads the News. Uh, but before we get into that, can I just say, I am I am weary uh, of having to deal with uh, ANCOMs and regular comms um, and all those other people uh, assuming that I don't know what I'm talking about uh, when it comes to anarchy or anarchism uh, simply because I disagree with you uh, and and choose a different path of which to exercise, um, you know the 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 real anarchy, the the true way to participate uh, in the anarchist experience. Um, even to the point where you know one of the reasons why I started this show uh, with MC was because I was weary at that time of having the same conversations with real people uh, over and over and over again, or with different people over and over and over again. Uh, making the same points and arguing the same positions um, that we've already been through, you know, a million times before. And so I was like, well, if we do the show, right. We'll just, we'll just put it up there and we'll do, you know, we'll make our arguments on the show. Um, and then if you have to like, if you want to refute it, like do it on your own show or call in uh, when, when, when we have the call-ins and hopefully we'll have that set up again next week. So I'm not going to give out those numbers this week. Um, but, but like, call in and have a discussion with us on the air. So at least there's a record of it uh, going in because I'm tired of, again, uh, the, the ANCOMs and the real comms saying that, well, what you don't understand, Mr. ANCAP, Mr. Capitalist Pig Man, what you don't understand is that property is theft. Like once you get it through your head, that property is theft, then maybe you'll have a better understanding of what it means to be an anarchist or, you know, or, or, you know, or a true anarchist or a real anarchist or a historically accurate anarchist. His property is theft. Um, so I have to respond again because I can't, you know, it's, it's not in my nature to, to, to let those things just slide. Um, because a long time ago in my own personal head, uh, I built up like the rules of argumentation on what's allowed and what's not allowed and, you know, how, how positions become defended. And I'm not going to go over that right now because um, it's not relevant. But what is relevant is that uh, the the argument for for that one claim that, you know, you, you don't understand anarchism until you realize that property is theft uh, has been made so many times over and over and over again by people much more intelligent and articulate uh, and eloquent than I. Uh, and yet the, the ANCOM side, right, the, the people still, for whatever reason, uh, right, choosing to call themselves ANCOMs uh, or ANSOCs or mutualists or, or any, of one, any one of those, like, left anarchist-type positions, um, what, what they don't get is that they just choose not to accept the explanation, right? Because right off the bat, right, the, 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 right off the bat, the argument has to be said and the argument has to be made um, – that the concept of theft is predicated on the concept of property, right? Like you have to have property before you can even 
have the the thought, the notion of theft go through your head. But you you cannot steal something. You cannot thieve from another uh, that which they don't own, right? Or that which does not belong to them, or that which is not their property, right? It, like it it it's a concept that requires uh, the the concept of property to precede it. Um, and so you go like, well, you, you, the, the, your argument falls apart right there. And I go, no, you just don't understand the difference uh, between property and possessions. And then again, uh, again, this is like the, the biggest nightmare, the biggest headache that I ever have when dealing with these morons is that they're one and the same. Like they're synonyms for each other, right? And if, if Ancoms uh, at some point were to accept uh, that possessions and property can be synonyms and used uh, one and the same for for most things. Like I'm not going to say everything because uh, if you can come up with like the one the one the one example um, where they 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 are legitimately treated as different, well then we can have another discussion. But I'm going to say for the most part synonyms, same thing. Um, you know that that then again the argument that property is theft kind of falls apart. Right, because they go well, you know, you 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 capitalist, you ancaps will say, well, if I have a shovel, uh, then you I can't steal that shovel, um, because it's your possession, right? And you go like, well, it's my possession. Okay, fine, it's my it's my possession, it's my property. No, it's not your property, because property is theft. What you have is a possession uh, that we can all agree shouldn't be stolen. I go, okay, good, okay, so possessions, um, so. And, and at some point, right, you know, uh, possessions turn into property uh, when it's convenient um, for the Anca- for the ANCOM to, to steal it, right? Because if I if I work and I do, right, I, I work hard for the the things that I own, my property, my possessions, things that things that I have legitimately acquired, um, that I have labored for and then traded for, right? I mean, it's the basic base, basic fundamentals, right? I've either labored or traded to 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 acquire uh, these items. Whether you call them property or possessions, I don't care. But I've legitimately traded to acquire these things. And at some point, right, they go like, well, okay, so you can have those. That's your possession. And I go, well, I've saved up enough of uh, my, labor, my labor tokens, right, my, my Federal Reserve notes, my dollars, my money, right, the, these little credits that I get for, 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 for participating in the labor market, right, and I, I buy a house. And they go like, well... That's your property. And I go, well, no, it's not. It's my possession. I possess I possess the house. Well, you can't possess the house. I go, well, why not? I, just, I did the same thing I did for the shovel as I did for the house, which is labor and trade, right? Like I, I labored. I got my little labor tokens, right? My little, my little piece of paper, my little monies. And I saved enough of those up to buy a bigger possession. Uh, this this time we call it a house. Right? I go, well, you can't do that because you didn't... Positions and then their head explodes, uh, but it need not, right? You just need to come to an understanding um, that uh, that uh, Prudon didn't get it all right, right? And I've and I've said this before, and I said it when we started the new season. So I thought it would hit home to all the ancoms who were like jumping on the listening to the show actually bus, uh, but I guess they don't exist still, right? I said this before. Uh, I've read your stuff. I just don't agree with it. I think it's stupid. I think most of it is fundamentally stupid. And then you you can pick. Uh, little nuggets here and there of of good stuff out of it, um, but for the most part, no, I don't, I don't, I don't follow the theory. Uh, I don't adhere to the philosophy. Um, I don't believe, uh, you know, in 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 your version of anarchism. Oh, and then he had the then 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 this little ancom 
this little shit, right? Had the audacity uh, to then to then you know throw out the whole like you know anarchism uh, is about no hierarchies. I go, well, you, you kind of got it wrong there, bud. You know, because you know um, that's not what it means. You know, the 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 root. If we have to go back to this, right? Why are we doing? Why are we doing anarchy one hundred and one uh, on season two, episode six? Right? Why do we? Have, why can't you just listen to the old shit? where we cover this already multiple times. In fact, uh, in season one, like episode one through 10, um, where, you know, we covered all this already, right. Is, 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 um, is the root of anarchy, anarchy is no rulers, not no hierarchies, right? I mean, it, you might, you might infer, uh, no hierarchies out of the root, no rulers. Um, but I don't make that inference, right? Because natural hierarchies uh, occur all the time, right? The, you know, People are better at things than other people, uh, and and the the goal of life is not to make everyone equal, right? That's st- also stupid um, because it it takes uh, you know natural talents and gifts that people have or that they have uh, developed uh, through hard work and dedication uh, over time, and it goes like, well, you're not allowed to have those anymore because I don't, right? I must bring you down to my level, my lower level, uh, because I don't want to put in the hard work and dedication that it would require to get to your level. Um, so I must bring you down to mine so that we're all equal because we can't have hierarchies form uh, where people are better than the other. And then I had to quickly explain again, right, that even if you go with the, the no hierarchy, uh, which I don't, but even if you do, right, um, then you should probably step off your fucking pedestal uh, your, your hierarchy of knowledge when it comes to the real anarchism and come down to my apparent ignorant level where I don't know what I'm talking about, um, lest a hierarchy form of information and knowledge about anarchism, uh, and, and the true form and the true nature of it, uh, lest that occur, uh, and then, you know, rather than stepping off your pedestal, you know, voluntarily and coming down to the level of everybody else, uh, lest the, you know, lest the proletariat knock you off your goddamn pedestal, uh, and bring you down and make you equal with everybody else. Because, you know, that's a thing, right? Like, you know, there, there's a food chain, there's a hierarchy of information. There's a hierarchy of skill that forms and develops naturally. And if you don't want that, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to extrapolate that to like the workplace, which is where most ANCOMs, uh, like just just blow their shit, right? It's the it's like no, dude, having a job is 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 unnatural and unanarchistic. And I go, well, no, it's not, because I like money, right? What's wrong with that? And they go, oh, idiocracy, you like money? I go, yeah, because money's money's a, a nice thing to to have, um, not because there's something special about money, um, but it it makes getting the stuff I actually want a lot easier to obtain, right? I don't want to have to barter. Who wants to barter? Uh, I I do a very specific job and I get paid a very specific wage and then I convert that to stuff that I really want, right? Like the possessions that I get, I acquire um, with my little, with my little labor tokens, my little labor notes, call them whatever you want. Um, But that's the, that's like the deal, right? That way, that way I don't have to, you know, do certain, that way I don't have to be decent or good at everything. I can specialize in one thing, get paid really good at it, and then go buy the other stuff that I'm not really good at making myself. Um, and th- this this concept is just like so foreign uh, to to ancoms for whatever reason, 
right? Because apparently uh, in, in, in Ancom land or Ancom utopia, uh, nobody has to work. It's just like working is not a thing, um, but but everything has to get done. So like you're forced to do something for the commune, right? Like you have to participate. Um, you can't just be a free rider because that's not allowed. So we're, we're forced you to work and do something, um, but you get to choose what you do. Like, so it's vol- totally voluntary, man. You just like, it's cool. Just, you know, you got to contribute to the commune and all, but, but it's not really work. It's like, because you get everything else for free. So it's like, you just, you just contribute um, and get nothing for it except what you very absolutely need. And I go, well, I'm better than you then, right? Because like, um, when I work, when I do, when I labor for, you know, myself or society or whatever it is, um, I get paid more than I actually need, right? Like, cause, cause I have stuff that I, that I like to have that's, that are luxury items or leisure items, um, that allow me to, you know, take a greater joy and benefit and things, um, you know, for, for me personally, I like, I like video games, man. I like, I like video games. I like technology. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of what I spend my money on. Right. So, you know, it's not, and if I had to like just work for like the, the bare necessities, like, you know, my potato sack cloth and my gruel for dinner, right. It might be a lot less worth it to me to do it. Right. But I'm not, I'm not, uh, a millionaire wannabe, right. Like I'm a, a wannabe millionaire trapped, uh, in, in the body, in the, in the mind of, you know, just a, a, a cog in the machine. No, like I'm, I'm fully aware of, of where I'm at and what my value is and what I can add. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to, to labor and work, uh, and you know, the entrepreneur or the entrepreneurial spirit in general to the point where I'm like, shit, man, holidays are coming up. And I was thinking about like, you know, how am I going to get some extra money? Uh, for the holidays, right? Like what, what can I do? Well, you know, as a, as a dirty, greedy capitalist, uh, I can invest and see what, you know, comes up between now and then, or I can just, you know, put in more hours at work or, or do uh, other jobs that pay more. You know, there's a number of ways to get more money. Um, but apparently one of my jobs, uh, an issue, uh, that, <laughs> that the boss is running into, um, is apparently with, uh, with some new employees coming around because turnover is a little bit high where we're at at, at the moment. Um, the, the new people aren't aware of like the, you know, the holiday blackout time where you're not allowed to take days off or you're not supposed to take days off or it's like not cool, bro, to take days off. Um, and so like everyone's requesting holiday time off, um, which is cool. Like, you know, as, as, as a worker, right. Who's there voluntarily, I go, cool, bro. You know, like good on you if you can get it. And then, you know, if you don't, well, it's, it's still a voluntary relationship. You can still take the time off and then just find another job. Like I'm totally okay with that. I've, I've, you know, I've threatened that uh, a number of times when requesting time off, but you know, most times, um, you know, owners and managers realize that just giving you the time off is more economical than firing you and hiring someone else and having to go through the cost and expense of training them and getting new people re- up and ready to go to the same quality standards as the old people who just wanted a couple of days off from work. So they just suck it up and they go, all right, time off, bro. Um, and to the point where like, you know, uh, apparently my boss was even like contemplating, you know, shutting down for, uh, at least part of the holiday, uh, because there just, there would be no one to work. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. You know, uh, uh, our, our workers didn't want to come in today, so we're closed and that's, you know, suck it up. That's how it goes. Um, and, and good for the workers, right? Good for us. Uh, because that's another thing that I've been a big proponent of for quite a while. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that workers, uh, when collaborating, um, you know, or, or collectively bargaining as the union term speaks, uh, is you can get more, right? Like I'm, 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 
not a big fans fan of unions in their current form, uh, but I'm definitely a big fan of, of workers coming together and, you know, standing up for each other uh, when it comes to, you know, negotiating with management or with the owners, right? Like that's, that's a thing that should exist. Uh, and it gives, it gives the workers a little bit of leverage. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I was also like, huh, if everyone takes the time off, right? Maybe, maybe I, who doesn't value that time off as highly as they do, because I don't care too much uh, about the holidays, at least not as much as I used to, I go, huh, maybe it's time to renegotiate, you know, what those holidays are worth to management, right? Like if I get, if I get my regular wage, plus a couple extra hundred bucks cash on the side, you know, maybe I show up to work that day, you know, and, and you don't, and they don't have to close down for business, uh, because some of the other workers don't value it that highly. Right. Um, so I was thinking, you know, I, I haven't had that negotiation yet, uh, but I did throw it on out there, uh, when talking with one of my coworkers, uh, earlier this week about maybe just, maybe just pulling that off right? Just doing that, um, you know, and, and, and then, you know, having a little bit of extra cash, I can either get myself something nice for the holidays or, you know, gifts for friends and family or whatever, um, or more Bitcoin since it's on sale. And how can we not talk about that with MC gone? But that's about all I'm going to say about that. Um, buy when it's on sale. And also because there seems to be some confusion, uh, between like what is real Bitcoin? Um, let me just throw my two cents in on that. Uh, while I got you, uh, Bitcoin is Bitcoin. And anything that forks off the Bitcoin main chain is an altcoin by definition and by default. And that is not to say that at some point in the future, whether near or down the line, uh, an altcoin can can take over Bitcoin uh, as the dominant player in the cryptocurrency market, right? Like they, they can overtake uh, the value of bit uh, of of their coin and overtake the value of Bitcoin, um, and they can get market share of, you know, the, the user base of people who are using and trading, uh, that particular alt currency, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, around the globe, but it's not Bitcoin and it and never will be. So let's, I'm, I'm throwing that out there right now. Um, uh, Bitcoin is Bitcoin. Everything else is an altcoin. Um, but just like, you know, when you introduce competition into any marketplace, um, the first mover, uh, even though they have the first mover advantage, uh, isn't always the last player in the game. Right. They, there, there needs to be um, upgrades and changes and everything along, you know, that goes along with that to stay competitive, just like in any other business. Um, and if you're, you know, if your business is cryptocurrency uh, and your business is providing, you know, the, the, the blockchain service uh, to verify and validate transactions, well, then you should probably be the best at it and maintain your status as the best at it if you want to be uh, the number one cryptocurrency in the long run, right? You know, every, every, other, every other business model uh, or business structure, what's the word I'm looking for? Business enterprise, business category, business category. Every other business category uh, runs into that same problem, which is uh, what do we do when competitors come along um, and, and try to squeeze out our market, right? And, and, and overtake us in the marketplace by doing things, um, better, faster, cheaper, or, you know, or, or any combination of those, um, well, you got to improve, you know, you got to, you got to keep up with the times and whatever, whatever that entails, uh, for, for, you know, the Bitcoin developers and the Bitcoin protocol and the Bitcoin blockchain, whatever that entails, uh, you got to stay competitive. That's like the bottom line. 
Um, otherwise, yes, you can lose your first mover advantage to the next best thing that comes along. Um, and whatever that next best thing is, good for them uh, for for being the one, right, that, that overtook uh, the dominant player in the game thus far. Um, but that doesn't make them Bitcoin, right? You don't get you don't get to fork it and take the name with you. You get to fork it, call it whatever you want, and then compete uh, on that playing field uh, for for market share and value uh, in the market with the user base, right? And, and see how many of us users uh, and traders, whatever you want to call it, uh, you can bring along with you uh, to invest in your little altcoin. And if you can get enough uh, to pay enough of a price for it, um, then by all means, you know, do that. Um, but you don't get to take the name with you. So uh, there's that. All right, I think I've rambled on enough subjects. So let's hit headlines. Uh, headline, three kinds of theft. Uh, property, uh, spoiler alert, property is not on the list. Uh, headline, thousands of, of Americans renounced their citizenship again. Uh, headline, feds want cash seized in a raid last year. So they're suing the cash. Uh, headline, resolved, the welfare state should be abolished. Uh, headline, what happens when you ask unschoolers what they want to be when they grow up? Uh, headline, Detroit police officers fight each other in undercover op gone wrong. I thought that was funny. Hopefully we'll get to that one. Uh, headline, when gunmen strike, you're on your own. Uh, headline, Florida appeals court upholds city's veggie garden ban. And finally, headline, hypocrisy exposed. Uh, the FBI blindly hacked computers in Russia, China, and Iran. All right, you know what? Prior to the show, when I was setting up my show prep, I kind of put it in the order that I wanted to read them in. Uh, but you know what? We're going to skip that because Detroit police officers fight each other in undercover op gone wrong uh, is too darn funny. And I want to make sure that I get to it just, you know, because hilarity ensues. Um, so let's do that one. Uh, Detroit, a case of the good guys going after the good guys. Uh, or bad guys going after the bad guys, if you're a fan of this show. Um, and, you know, think like we think. There is now a Detroit Police Department internal investigation into two different precincts getting into their own turf war as they converge on an east side neighborhood. Uh, neighbors who live on Andover on Detroit's east side will be the first to tell you this area is known for constant drug activity. It's definitely drug problem for years. It has been a drug problem, said one of the residents. I don't think anyone can stop it. On Thursday, Detroit police, saw, police certainly tried, but maybe too hard. Uh, sources say it started when two special op officers from the 12th precinct were operating a push-off on Andover near Seven Mile. Uh, this is wherein two undercover officers pretend to be dope dealers waiting for eager customers to approach arresting potential buyers and seizing their vehicles. But this time, instead of customers, special op officers from the 11th precinct showed up. Uh, not re realizing they were fellow officers, they ordered the other undercover officers to the ground. Uh, Fox 2 was told the rest of the special ops team from the 12th precinct showed up and officers began raiding the drug house on the 19300 block of Andover. Uh, but instead of fighting crime, officers from both precincts began fighting with each other. Uh, sources say guns were drawn and punches were thrown while the homeowner stood and watched. Uh, the department's top cops were notified along with internal affairs. One officer was taken to the hospital. Uh, each officer involved is now under investigation as the department tried to determine what went wrong. <laughs> you have to have more communication, said the resident. I don't understand what happened about that. Communicate. 
Uh, Fox 2 is told one of the units had a body camera video that detailed the entire incident uh, that is now part of the internal investigation and we're working to get our hands on it. Uh, we're told Top Brass doesn't plan to comment until next week. Uh, end of the article. Now, one thing I have said before is that I personally uh, respect drug dealers more than I respect cops. Um, you know, for the, for the simple fact that drug dealers offer product voluntarily to willing customers, um, you know, who, who want the product, who can afford to buy the product and, you know, and, and are allowed uh, with their natural rights to put whatever they want into their own bodies, um, you know, regardless of the oversight of the state. Uh, and other uh, rulers, right, the, the anarchy, no rulers thing, uh, regardless of what their uh, purported rulers tell them they can do with their, you know, with their body, with their possessions, with their property. Uh, so I like drug dealers more than I like cops uh, because cops, again, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're extortionists, right? That's the only way they get paid um, is by first uh, stealing and threatening to steal your money um, before they do any good, they've already done bad. Um, and there's a, there's a Robert Higgs meme, uh, out there somewhere that explains this a lot more authority and I'm not going to look it up right now. So just, you know, go find that, uh, if you want to understand again, why, uh, there's no such thing as a good cop. So look that one up. Um, but in this case, right, like what, what's the problem here? Well, number one, um, they're going after drug users, right? Like they, if you don't want the cops to fight with each other, you know, number one, don't have cops. Uh, and, but if you're going to have cops, which I, I don't like that thought either, uh, but if you're going to do that, like don't have them going after uh, uh, n crimes with no victim, right? If, if someone wants to buy a baggie of weed or cocaine or heroin uh, or methamphetamine or any other thing, right, then, then please allow them to do so and just, you know, mind your own damn business. Right. Uh, it's, it, you know, if if the drugs or dealings are happening in your neighborhood, uh, wouldn't it be nice if they had a little store that they could set up shop in and they wouldn't be in your neighborhood anymore? Uh, and if that store just happens to be in your neighborhood, then you can shop there for every other thing as well. Um, so let's let's not do that. Right. Let's not let's not make it a thing uh, where they have to be so maliciously selling it on the streets. Uh, so that'll solve that problem. Right. That's you know, that that's it. Constant drug activity, no big deal. Um, but it's it's just hilarious to me, which is why I brought it up. That again is is like a double sting operation, um, but with 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 the cops fighting each other, which means uh, no no innocent bystander uh, was was taken down, and no no real customer or drug dealer uh, was was caught up in this mess. It was it was <laughs> it was just the bad guys fighting the bad guys. Uh, you know, trying to trying to take each other down, right? Like let's it's like super troopers all over again with like the the super troopers versus the stadies, uh, you know, or you know Canada versus America, the mounted police versus you know the the cop, whatever it happens to be, um, you know, it's just it's one of those things where uh, it's it's just funny to me to 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 see how that happens, um, and and even better, right? To to put one of them in the hospital. Right. Uh, you know, better off all of them in the morgue. But if you can't do that, right, if you have if, they, if they're going to survive, the, the you know, the shootout between each other, which there wasn't. But if they're going to right, then, you know, it, one of the hospitals is good enough for me. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, to get like what is what is internal affairs going to do? Right. Like, really, um, e even even I can realize or understand that, you know, e without a real victim or, you know, a pedestrian 
or you know a, a civilian uh, victim somewhere in here um, that nothing's going to happen to either side right i mean and not that anything should happen to either side if i'm if i'm trying to be as objective as possible here because you know there was it was it was a a, a mistake i guess if you want to call it that um or, and, and the scuffle didn't really hurt anybody right like you know the, uh, it was it was like a gang war uh, between two members. It was like a gang fight between two members of the same gang, right? It's like, well, you guys fight amongst yourselves and you know settle it. You know, squash your beef, boys, uh, and you know, and then everyone goes back to do, to doing what they're doing. Uh, but I was just glad, again, you know, for me that there there wasn't a drug dealer involved uh, or a drug buyer involved uh, getting caught up in this. And the whole mess, right? Hopefully, they got pictures of these undercover officers. Uh, the whole mess blows over without any anyone being victimized by uh, the police state, right? You, they, if they want to go victimize each other, by all means, do it. Like soldiers off to war. You guys want to go fight other soldiers who are doing dumb shit for the wrong people? Uh, by all means, go kill each other. Better, you know, better you than me, and definitely better you. Um, you know, oh yeah, happy Veterans Day, right? Like, all that nonsense. Uh, just just go kill each other and blow each other up, and you know, you guys have fun with that, and and leave the innocent women and children, um, and and men, innocent men too. Uh, leave us all out of your little you know squabbles uh, and your dumb shit that you're doing for bad people, right? Just just go do your thing. So if cops want to fight cops and want to leave regular people out of it, um, you know, more power to them and more power to us for staying out of the way and not getting wrapped up in it. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. All right, moving on. Next article. Uh, three kinds of theft. Uh, you can probably guess what it is. Uh, taxation is theft. Uh, but I've seen some people defend taxes with typical arguments like it's not theft because you get something for your money. Uh, perhaps the confusion lies in the fact that not all thieves act the same. There are at least three different types of theft in which the government engages. Uh, and again, property. Not one of them. Uh, number one, the con. The con artist cheats you out of your money. He makes you think you are getting something of value, or he tricks you into being robbed without your knowledge. Uh, most people are conned into supporting taxation, assuming taxes are the price of civilization. They assume that this is the way it has to be, and that taxes are justified because people get government services in return. Uh, so when someone argues that taxes aren't theft because you are getting something for your money, uh, this is a con. Yes, the government maintains the roads, but both the price and delivery are the con. You must use the government to get the roads. You have no choice. Uh, the con artist convinces you roads could be built in no other way and for no lower cost. Uh, the same goes for security, education, food safety, and so on. And of course, uh, sometimes, long after the government has taken your money, uh, you realize that they never delivered on what they, uh, whatever promise they made to keep you safe, to create more jobs, to strengthen the economy, to reduce crime, etc. Think you'll get your money back? Think again. You've been conned. Uh, number two, extortion. Uh, maybe you see the con coming, as many of us do, and refuse to pay taxes. Well, then comes the extortion. Uh, you got a nice home here. It would be a shame if someone seized it for back taxes. Come on, man, don't make us come back here. We're not going to be as nice the next time around. Uh, you don't have health insurance? What's going to happen if someone breaks your kneecap? Uh, pony up, buddy. Those of us who aren't conned into thinking taxes are necessary or proper generally pay because we don't want the government to ruin our lives. Uh, it's the classic mafia style. 
being forced to pay protection money even though they are your largest threat. Sure, they might keep other things off the block, but then again, they might not. Either way, you're going to pay or they will hurt you in any way they can. Ultimately, all taxes are collected under the threat of violence. Obtaining something through threats or force is extortion. Number three, armed robbery. Uh, finally, if you refuse to play into the con and you refuse to be extorted, you will face a home invasion, which is really the final phase of extortion. When your home is invaded, you will either be kidnapped or killed, depending on your reaction to the assault and the mood of your attackers. Uh, then they will take everything of value until the original amount they said you owed is paid, plus some extra for not cooperating. If they, claimed, if they claimed you owed them an especially high figure, they will keep you caged as an example to others who refuse to be extorted. So yes, taxation is theft, and most people that disagree have been so easily conned that they simply think they haven't been robbed, but they never bother to think about what would happen next if they didn't accept the sham products or overpriced services. Uh, being conned is theft. We're attracted to letting go of our money or having it taken while we aren't looking, like inflation. Uh, extortion is clearly theft as well. Uh, the alternative of having your kneecaps broken or business burned down is no alternative at all. It is simply a method of having, your turn, having you turn over your money in order to avoid a violent attack. An armed robbery is clearly theft. You are in the midst of the violence and can no longer avoid it. You must, you must turn over your money or see the violence escalate until ultimately you are killed. No matter how you slice it, taxation is theft. Uh, end of the article. For me personally, I think I'm on like the waiting game for stage three theft, right? Like I'm, I'm uh, actively awaiting the armed robbery uh, to come down because I've already come to terms uh, with the con and I've already decided to not pay the extortion. Um, and now I'm saying like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's see what else they got. Let, let's see, you know, if it's worth it for them to come after me. Um, and so I, you know, I'm, that's just where I'm at. Uh, I, I tell people it gets, it gets longer every year, um, but I haven't filed uh, any tax returns uh, since I think 2007 was like the, the last time it mattered to me. Um, and then I went through my, you know, uh, uh, anarchist experience, uh, my, my revelation uh, into the world of true freedom and true liberty. And I decided at that time, um, you know, ne never again. Right. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with the armed robbery, but never again uh, to to pay the extortion uh, to them as best as I can. Right. Like, again, you know, the hypocrisy aside. Um, right. I do my best uh, to to keep as much money uh, as I've labored for. Right. Like my little labor tokens uh, to keep as much money of that as I can and to give the, the state a little as little as possible. Uh, you know, through, in, in other aspects of my daily daily life. So um, I've, I've taken to filing, you know, uh, exempt on federal returns to, to get the most out of my paycheck. Um, and uh, and it, the state of Hawaii doesn't allow for an exempt. So I file like 10 dependents to, to keep most of my state paycheck. Um, and then, you know, and then I don't file, right? So I, I keep most of my money. I stay out of their record books as much as possible. Um, they would have to really go out of their way to make it worth any of their time, hopefully, uh, to come after small potatoes like me. Um, and then I, I do as much of, you know, I, I earn as much money uh, as I can on the side doing, you know, agorist work or work for cash or under the table stuff uh, to, to supplement 
the you know the 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 little bit of of income that I show uh, I'm getting to the you know that that the IRS can see right not not that I provide them with but you know that employers will provide them with um, down the line so we'll see we'll see if I ever make it to you know to to stage three uh, theft but I've decided long ago not to not to deal with stage two um, but I understand right? Like I, I understand that aspect of it. And, you know, when I was first making, uh, my transition, uh, into this, into this role, I guess, uh, into this lifestyle choice, uh, of, you know, pr- practicing anarchist, uh, as best I can. Um, you know, I, I, used to, I talked to people I'm like, well, I'll, I'll, I will set the example for you, right? I, I am not going to do this. And then you just wait and see, uh, what happens, Right. And so far, nothing. But I go like, but I also understand from your perspective, right, that you live in fear. You, you live in a life in a world of fear. Um, and that's why you do the things that you do. And they even said it to me, right? Like, you know, would you pay? Would you pay your taxes uh, if they weren't taking it from you? Right. And most people say, I don't know. Like, I, that's, I don't want to, you know, that's, I, I work for it. I keep it. Like, you know, it, it's, it's mine. Right. They, they understand that. Uh, deep down, I go, well, why do you pay then? You know, well, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I, I am in fear of what will happen to me uh, should I not file their paperwork and let them know exactly how much money I owe them uh, every single year, uh, come hell or high water. And I go, don't you think that's kind of a shitty situation where, like, you you knowingly live in fear? Like, you know, you're aware that you do things based out of, you know, a, a fear of repercussions Um, and yet, you know, yet you don't speak out against it. Like you don't, you don't want to say anything about it. You don't want to like talk to, you know, you don't want to get some therapy, uh, for, for what ails you. And you know, that you're living in fear of your own government, uh, your own government, not my government, your government, you can have them. Um, you know, that, you know, that's, that's the world that you choose to live in, right? You know, like, you know, you know, there's no sure thing except for death and taxes, Right. Like that's, that's the world you want to live in. I go, well, I wouldn't, wouldn't have to, if I didn't have to, well, why don't you just not right? Like, look at me. I'm not, I am not right. I am not doing it. And so far we haven't gotten to stage three. Uh, so why don't you try not doing it and see, you know, see how far you get like, well, I can't, I can't because I've got more to lose than you. You know, it's, it's okay if you go to jail, uh, or if they bust you, but uh, me, I, I cannot lose that much. I go, well, you probably wouldn't. Right. And if, if, if you, you know, if I can convince three people and you can convince three people and they can convince three people each, right. Then by the time they get down to like the 13th level, uh, none of us are paying and it's all good. And there's nothing that they can do about it. Cause you know, like, like, you know, Larkin Rose and the tiny dots says we outnumber them. Um, but it's just about getting people to change that mentality and change that mindset, uh, and turn, uh, their, you know, natural beliefs, their natural understanding of how the world should work, right? Not the corrupted version that they get, uh, when dealing with the taxes and, you know, payments to the state, uh, but the natural operation of things, uh, and get them to realize that you can live that life. You can participate in society at that level. Um, and then the, there's nothing that the state can do about it, right? They, they can't jail all of us. They can't, they certainly can't kill all of us uh, because, you know, guess what? If you're saving money, you can buy some ammunition and some weapons uh, to protect yourself. I'm just saying. Um, but we got to get people to that level. And, you know, thro- throwing out the meme uh, or the, the concept that taxation is theft is one thing. 
right? And I think this article does a decent enough job of, of backing that up. So if someone goes, well, what exactly do you mean? You know, like, well, what do you mean what I mean? You know, it's taxation is theft. It's, it's self-explanatory. It's, it's, it's all there. It's concise. Um, well, it's not really theft because, you know, you get something. And then then on off we go. Off we go to the races uh, with argumentations and logic that have already been covered a long time ago um, that just most people refuse to accept. But here it is, again, for them, um, you know, that, that sorry, sir, uh, I know you think you're getting something for your money, but guess what? Uh, you have been conned. Um, you know, and then the, the, the example that goes out after that is always like, well, oh, maybe I should just show up and like paint your house or paint your car or like resurface your driveway and then send you a bill, right? You got something for it. So now you got to pay up. And if you don't pay up, I'm going to send my guys after you. Uh, you know, we, we end up, we end up in those arguments, uh, with those people, um, over and over and over again. Uh, because they just don't, they, they, they're, they're tiny little binds, right? They can't come to terms uh, with the reality of the situation, right? It'd be nice uh, if everyone like saw things for what they were uh, and then acted on that uh, instead of, you know, acting on the facade of what the state puts in front of you, what they say things are, uh, you know, and, and, and operates from that perspective. We go, yeah, taxation is theft. Not only that, but now I'm comfortable uh, enough to do something about it because I have enough support. There's enough people around me uh, where we can all gather together uh, and protest this nonsense once and for all uh, and put an end to the taxation system, put an end to the IRS, put an end to the state uh, altogether because if they're not collecting, they're not going to do anything uh, and get those people to either, you know, come to terms with the realization that they're parasites uh, on society and should change their ways and be more productive members and do things, uh, you know, and, and do things productively that add value to society, uh, not leech off of it and steal from it and take from it. But get on the bandwagon uh, like the rest of us people who, you know, who do our best, uh, produce things of value or, or, or offer services that people enjoy uh, to, to create value in the world and all move forward uh, together. Uh, without the extortion, without the con game, without the violence, uh, you know, behind all that, uh, and just get rid of those people all together. All right, moving on. Uh, headline, thousands of Americans renounce their citizenship again? Uh, every quarter in the United States, government publishes a list of individuals who have chosen to renounce their U.S. citizenship. The latest list came out yesterday and 1,376 people are on it. That might sound like a small number, but the total for 2017 is projected to be more than 20% higher than 2016, and 2016 was 26% higher than the total number from 2015. In fact, the number of Americans renouncing their citizenship has been rising dramatically for years. The primary driver behind this is taxes, plain and simple. Uh, the land of the free is one of the only countries on the planet that taxes its citizens on their worldwide income, even if they don't live in the United States. You could be an accidental U.S. citizen, i.e. one of your parents is American, but you live your entire life overseas. It's possible that you've never set foot on U.S. soil or even speak English, and yet Uncle Sam will still demand his fair share of your worldwide income, plus interest and penalties. Beyond that, the cost and hassle of maintaining compliance has grown worse ever since the U.S. government passed the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act back in 2010. 
I've written about this a number of times, calling FACTA quite literally the worst piece of legislation in U.S. history. The idea behind FACTA was to uncover any hidden money that Americans might be hiding overseas, uh, so the law included countless rules that were thrust upon foreign businesses, banks, and governments. It was the height of arrogance, the U.S. government extending its jurisdiction to the entire world and commanding everyone to follow its laws. Imagine if the government of Saudi Arabia decreed that U.S. grocery store chains were forbidden to sell pork products to any Muslim in the United States and then forced those U.S. businesses to report back to Riyadh on what every single customer, Muslim or not, was purchasing in the checkout line. Crazy, right? But that's basically what FACTA does. Every bank in the world, regardless of whether or not they have U.S. customers, has had to enter into an information-sharing agreement with the Internal Revenue Service. This has become absurdly expensive. In 2014, The Telegraph, a British newspaper, estimated that the cost of implementing FACTA compliance in the UK would cost £50 per family, or excuse me, £500 per family. Uh, in other words, British families were paying £500 so that their IRS can sniff out US tax dodgers. Uh, the Swiss-American Chamber of Commerce estimated that the worldwide cost of complying with FACTA would be between $1 and $2 trillion and many other organizations echoed this analysis. Yet the U.S. government's best estimates on the amount of tax revenue generated by FACTA are less than $20 billion. Uh, think about that. $1 to $2 trillion in cost, $20 billion in benefits. It's genius! On top of that, FACTA has created a culture where banks around the world are terrified to do business in the U.S., and U.S. banks are terrified to do business overseas. It's amazingly short-sighted. Uh, most of all, though, FACTA has created debilitating rules for certain taxpayers living abroad to the point that many of them were driven to renounce their U.S. citizenship. Uh, when you go to renounce your citizenship at a U.S. embassy overseas, State Department officials are required to debrief you and conduct an exit interview to find out why. Uh, if there's even a hint that you're doing it for tax reasons, they can throw all sorts of penalties at you, including barring you from entry to the United States forever. So naturally, no one ever says taxes or FACTA. Uh, people give all sorts of reasons. I even knew a guy once who told the consulate that his wife, a foreigner, threatened to divorce him if he didn't renounce his U.S. citizenship. Uh, but the government's own data is very clear. Post-FACTA, renunciations soared, and they continue to climb. Sadly, a repeal of FACTA is conspicuously missing from the proposed comprehensive tax reform uh, that was announced this week. I honestly have a difficult time even calling it comprehensive tax reform. All they're doing, all they're really doing with this tax plan is changing some rates, throwing out a few deductions, and hopefully making things a bit simpler. But it's hardly anything revolutionary. Uh, real, true, honest-to-goodness, comprehensive reform uh, would entail throwing out the tax code entirely. Uh, the current tax code as it exists was written more than three decades ago in a world dominated by the Cold War and heavy industry. The internet didn't exist. Global globalization on this scale didn't exist. Most of today's biggest industries didn't exist, and neither did most of the largest companies in the world that exist today. Uh, this proposed plan still essentially jams a 21st century world into a 20th century tax code. It just doesn't fit. Uh, real reform would be throwing out the entire tax code and starting from scratch, uh, beginning with a clear determination of strategy and what they need to accomplish with the tax code. And if they needed some inspiration or advice, there's no, so, no shortage of countries that have a smart tax code and just happen to be awash with cash. Uh, Estonia, Singapore, Hong Kong, etc. 
So this is shaping up to be a pretty big missed opportunity to create a sensible 21st century tax code that no longer forces thousands of Americans to renounce their U.S. citizenship in droves. Fortunately, there are still sound alternatives. Anyone even thinking about renunciation ought to seriously consider Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico has one of the most attractive tax incentive programs in the world. As an investor, you can generate unlimited income subject to a few simple rules and pay zero tax either to Puerto Rico or to the IRS. And a business owner, you can cut your effective tax rate to just 4%. Plus, you don't even need to live in Puerto Rico full time to qualify. Uh, that deal is hard to beat and much less dramatic step than renunciation. Uh, end of the article. Now, you know me. Uh, and if you don't, I will tell you uh, they should stop right there. Right. Like what? Right. When they say uh, they should, you know, scrap the entire tax code system, uh, that should be the end of the conversation. Right. Like that. That should be it. Um, and then not everything will be like hunky dory, but that would be an excellent start uh, to giving all people in, in the United States uh, a little bit more freedom uh, to do what they want with their money. Right. You, you don't need to replace the tax code with anything comprehensive or simplify it or redo it. Uh, you just you just throw it out. And then you're done, right? And then and then people can choose uh, in the marketplace uh, what they want to do with their money and and pay for the goods and services uh, that they want to pay for, right? Every you know when it comes with the taxes, everyone goes like, well, what would you do about the police? I go, well, if, if police services was like desired, you know, there would be police service of some kind. Uh, but how would the poor pay for the police service? I'm I'm sure that charities could help, and I'm sure that uh, you know there would be like a tier. For police services that maybe you know, unlike private security, where it'd be like you know, well, one security guard for one house, uh, you know, what a neighborhood or a group of people could come together to to uh, you know bring the price down collectively for a police service or a police unit in that area. Like who knows, right? Not my not my job to figure it out, uh, but just you know, just my job to make the point uh, that if things are desired, right? If consumers desire goods and services, uh, there will be a provider and a supplier of those goods and services for people to consume, right? So I'm not worried. I'm not worried about certain sectors uh, of you know of jobs disappearing simply because you know the the IRS is gone and people don't have to collect taxes right i'm i'm sure schools will still exist in some form even though i don't like public schools or public school teachers uh, i assume that other people do and want to you know keep children educated in some form or fashion so something like a public school might probably exist uh, you know post taxation world uh, and you don't need to collect money from everybody to pay for the kids who go to school uh, and and support those parents you know why why take money away from people who don't have kids to to pay for your kids school right you find a way to do it um and i'm sure that you know without taxation uh it'll it'll still get done because those people with kids still want to educate their children in some form or fashion right so you don't have to worry about that now on the other side of things right even if all those taxes are gone you still may want uh to renounce your united states citizenship because you know why be why be a citizen of anywhere except the world um and if you you know if, if you followed uh any work uh by mark stevens um he makes he makes an interesting case uh that citizens in general uh don't exist already by definition using their own you know using their own terms and their own rules and 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 you know definitions 
right? If like if you look out, you know, the, the legal definition for a citizen, uh, because of other Supreme Court rulings, uh, most people don't qualify to be considered a citizen or to have citizenship. Um, so the whole thing about, you know, renunciating it, uh, you know, and, and going through that process is, seems silly to me at this point, because if there's no citizens and there's no citizenship, um, well, then there's nothing to renunciate, right? You just, you just exist in the world, wherever you happen to be, right? You know, and where, wherever you happen to be is, you know, I, I always refer to it as like um, the, 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 the political designation commonly referred to as, or the geographic designation commonly referred to as, you know, in my case, the state of Hawaii or the United States or whatever that happens to be, right? Uh, I, I live on the planet in an area that people commonly call this name, right? Honolulu, Hawaii, or whatever it happens to be, right? It, it, it's, it's just a way for me to communicate with you uh, or whoever I'm talking to that, you know, I don't necessarily recognize, you know, the, the state lines that get drawn in the sand or drawn on a map, right? I, I recognize that, you know, there's a geographic area uh, and this is what people usually refer to it as uh, most of the time. But that doesn't mean that, you know, that doesn't make me a citizen of the United States. It doesn't make me a citizen of, of Hawaii or, the, you know, or, or any other state government, right? There's nothing to, re to renounce uh, at that point. Um, you know, I, I always find it funny when I'm having to like, you know, fill out the, the forms or for a new job or whatever. It's like, you know, are you a United States citizen? Um, and you know, if I have to check the box, I go, mean, yeah, sure I am, you know, but, but if someone asks, right. And I, my, my usual response is like, they would declare me as so, right. Like I, I am not necessarily a United States citizen, right. I don't, I don't accept that label, uh, but I recognize that it's a label that other people, uh, state agents, uh, and the government will like try to place on me, right? They, they will call me a United States citizen, um, but it's not necessarily true, right? It's, it, they may, they may want it to be true. Uh, but if you look at the facts, uh, involved, it's not necessarily true. Uh, so there's no, there's no citizenship, like I said, to renounce, um, but, you know, if, if you know, if, if you've got the money, right, and you're trying to, you know, keep more of your money, uh, then by all means, do whatever it takes and do whatever you can afford, right? Do your own cost benefit analysis and find out, you know, what am I going to do to keep the most of my money, right? And if it means renouncing United States citizenship uh, because you're living abroad and, and you can afford to do it and, you know, get the, the weight of the United States government and the, their thumb off your, you know, off of you and their foot off your neck, uh, right? The, you know, the old left foot, right boot, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, that, that idea, right. If, if you can get them to leave you alone in some form or fashion, uh, by all means, you know, do it. Uh, and also a tip of the hat to MC for picking Puerto Rico, uh, at least, a, you know, a few episodes ago, uh, when he was looking into it, uh, he, he has since decided against it. Uh, but who knows, uh, if, if you don't care and you like, you know, living on an Island paradise of some kind and can afford to do it, um, you know, why, why not help rebuild Puerto Rico, uh, you know, and, and, you know, be the, the, the benevolent, uh, rich guy. Uh, over there, you know, providing them with money, uh, and they provide you with goods and services, uh, and, and, you know, you, everyone takes care of each other. Um, moving on final article feds want cash seized in a raid last year. So they're suing the cash. 
the federal government is suing a bundled cash seized in a drug raid last year near Key West that turned up a smaller amount of cocaine and marijuana than agents anticipated they'd find when they served their warrant. Uh, I'm going to read the first part of that again. Uh, because you got to hear it over and over and over again and then let it register in your brain. Uh, the federal government is suing a bundle of cash seized in a raid, uh, in a drug raid. Uh, moving on. Uh, as in many in-rem asset forfeiture cases, the feds want the money because they suspect it was gained from illegal drug sales. Uh, the people arrested in the case were charged, and one has already pleaded guilty to cocaine possession. The other defendant's marijuana and drug paraphernalia case is still in the courts. The money totaling $166,400 was found in the laundry basket inside a big coppet key home where a federal, state, and local drug tax force executed a search warrant on January 10th. Uh, agents deposited the money into the U.S. Marshals Service's seized asset account, and the federal prosecutors want to make sure it stays there. According to Forbes, under civil forfeiture, a property owners do not have to be convicted of a crime or even charged with one to permanently lose their property. Uh, instead, the government can forfeit its property if it's found to facilitate a crime, no matter how tenuous the connection. So rather than sue the owner in a civil forfeiture proceedings, the government sues the property itself. Uh, in the house at 39th First Street, agents found indicators there was a drug dealing operation happening there. Plastic bags with cocaine and marijuana residue in them. Heat sealers dealers typically use to package contraband. Scales for weighing drugs covered in marijuana residue and the cash, which is also packaged by someone who used a heat sealer. Uh, the law enforcement agents recognize the heat sealing equipment as being consistent with that typically used to package narcotics, and the bundling of the money is consistent with the manner in which individuals selling drugs store the money. Uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Adrian Rosen wrote in an uh, October 26th complaint, 27th complaint, excuse me. Although there were small amounts of cocaine and marijuana throughout the house, the agents did not find a large haul. Uh, they served a warrant after finding vacuum-sealed bags capable of storing two pounds of marijuana inside trash cans outside the house on December 5th, 2016. The bags had marijuana residue in them. Uh, on December 19th, agents found small plastic bags in the trash containing trace amounts of marijuana inside a cardboard box with the address of the house on it, along with the name Stephen Lido. Lido, 26, was home when agents came knocking in January, and so was Marie, Marissa Espinonan, uh, 37, and Nelson Estepinan, uh, 68. According to Lido's arrest report, he told agents the money was Nelson uh, Estepinan's, and he loaned it to Lido. Uh, police also found $1,567 in Lido's pocket. According to the affidavit, he pleaded not guilty to misdemeanor marijuana and drug equipment possession. Uh, Marista Estopanon pleaded guilty in June to cocaine possession, a third-degree felony and misdemeanor narcotic equipment possession, and was sentenced 46 months probation. Uh, prosecutors dropped the felony charge of possession of firearms by a convicted felon. The charges stemmed from a 38 pistol and Glock 19 pistol with one full 15 round 9mm magazine and another 31 round magazine agents found in the house the day of the raid. End of the article. So yes, again, another victim of the, the silliness uh, that is the war on drugs, right? Like who, again, who cares what they found in the house, right? They, they didn't find any victims uh, of, of any violent crime or anything like that. They didn't find, uh, you know, a, a, a murderer or a thief. Uh, they, they, they found evidence of someone who was conducting what I consider to be uh, le legitimate market activity. Uh, you know, the, the selling and trading uh, of drugs uh, for me is like 
okay in my book. Um, so, you know, you got, you got this, you know, family who's just doing what they can to, to, to get by, right. you know, the, they, Hey, you happen to be good at selling drugs by all means, be a drug dealer. Um, and then you have them stealing the money. Like the, the real thieves in this case, uh, is the state, right? The, the feds, uh, who, who, you know, break into the house, you know, rummaging through the trash, finding evidence of, of illegal trading going on. Um, and then, you know, stealing the money, uh, $166,000, uh, from this family right? The, who, those are the real criminals right there. You know, the, the people stealing the money and wanting to hold on to it. And, and what a crock of shit, um, that it is in general to, to, you know, be able to sue the money, right? Like, how does that work? You know, uh, you know, wh- what were you, uh, you, you put the fucking, the, the roll of dollar bills or the stack of dollar bills, uh, on the stand and start questioning it. Like, what does that cross-examination look like? You know, it's, it's so ridiculous. Uh, it remind it kind of reminds me of, of, you know, one time I was in court, ah, I forget the charge at this point, not relevant. Um, but I, you know, the, the, the you look at the court document, it was like, you know, the, the state of Hawaii, uh, versus rich. Um, and I, I said, I, uh, I, I would, I would like to face my accuser. I want to talk to the plaintiff. Uh, and they went, you know, like, well, who's that? I go, well, it says on here, it's the, the state of Hawaii. Like, I would like to call that person to the stand. Um, and then, then the judge kind of like, you know, smiled and laughed it off and was like, why, uh, what, why are you laughing? Right. Like if, if that's the plaintiff, right. Clearly if, if I've harmed this person in some way, uh, I would like to face them and let, you know, and, and, and talk to them about what harm they think I brought to them. You know, if, 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 if they can sue, right. If, if they, if they can sue a, a wad of cash, Right. Then shouldn't I be able to question the, 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 the dirt on the ground? You know, it was, it was, um, you know, not necessarily his methodology, but an extrapolation of, again, that Mark Stevens method, uh, of, you know, asking the court ridiculous questions, uh, to, to, do, you know, to prove, to show, uh, to illustrate, uh, the, the ridiculousness in the nature of their proceedings, right? If, if, you know, if, if they can, if they can sue a wad of cash, uh, then shouldn't I be able to question the, the mound of dirt upon which I stand that I'm, that's accusing me of some malfeasance of some kind, uh, right? I, I should be able to do that. Right. But no, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the plaintiff in the case, uh, is, you know, the, the geographic region commonly referred to, uh, as the state of Hawaii. Um, but, but no representative of such, right? Like it's, you know, it, the, the cop is not the state when he testifies that I committed a crime against the state, right? He's, he's just a witness. He's not, he's not my accuser. He's just a witness. My accuser is the state. Right. So, so they're, they're playing it both ways, right? I'm not allowed to face my accuser when it's a mound of dirt, uh, but they can sue a wad of cash in order to not return it to its rightful owner. Uh, in this case, the, you know, the, the, the family that they're stealing it from, right. It's just, it, you know, it's just another illustration again, uh, just another illustration of how ridiculous the quote unquote justice system is, uh, here in the United States. Um, and that something needs to be done, uh, to, to overhaul that, right. You know, scrap that, that whole damn thing along with, you know, a, along with the tax laws, right. Throw out the tax laws, number one. So we all keep our own money and throw out the justice system. Cause it's not, uh, a, a justice system. It is an injustice system, uh, from the ground up with what they do to people and how they harass, uh, you know, regular innocent individuals that haven't actually committed a crime, haven't harmed anyone. And they keep those people in jail and they, they, you know, process, uh, you know, poor people through like cattle if you ever go down to your local courthouse uh to see all the you know the the fines and 
some tickets, uh, you know, just just to collect their revenue so that they can, you know, leech off the productive, uh, hardworking individuals of society and, and, you know, and suck them dry for themselves. And if, if you know, if we, if we want to see change, right, you know, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world, uh, something needs to be done about this. So if you're in a position uh, to fight a ticket or a charge of some kind, uh, please do go all the way and then don't pay them. Right. You know, like I, 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 I don't pay fines. I don't pay extortion to the state. Um, you know, I, uh, they, they get away, you know, taking a little bit of taxes from me and, you know, I, yes, I pay, I put gas in my car and all that other nonsense. Um, but by all means, you know, the, the, you know, uh, starve the beast, uh, as best you can, uh, in what, in whatever way you feel comfortable doing, uh, to the, the, the greatest extent that you can. And hopefully one day, one day soon in our lifetimes, uh, we'll be able to, you know, throw off the yoke of the state, uh, and move on to a free life, a free society, uh, with voluntary exchanges and voluntary interactions with each other, uh, and not have to worry about the state's, uh, violations and encroachments. And I think we're done. Uh, so that'll do it for me. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, if you want to join in the discussion, we do that through the groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, we still have Patreon set up, uh, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.